the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, So happy that you are taking time just to be encouraged to maybe get some new information about how to do your life better, how to enjoy your life more. So we're going to talk today about the truth about passive aggressiveness. Now, I'm sure that you have heard this term and it gets bandied about all over the place and many times it's misinterpreted. But Passive aggressiveness is truly a very difficult problem, and it really, really harms relationships. And so before I begin, I want to first give you a clinical definition and explanation about passive aggressiveness. And this is Mayo Clinic's um, Dr. Hall Flavin. And so really, what is passive aggressive behavior? What are some of the signs? Well, Typically, it's a pattern of indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. This is when we say in the, in the uh, counseling world, you know, it comes out sideways. So if you've ever been with someone that's passive aggressive, you know what it feels like to go, did they just insult me? I'm not sure. I think they did. But I wouldn't even know how to call it out because if I did, I would look really dumb or really petty. So it's a very uncomfortable uh, relating situation. And so what happens is there's this disconnect between what a person who exhibits passive aggressive behavior says and what he or she does. So they many times will say the right thing and then inadvertently forget about it or ignore it or say, I didn't know you meant it that way. I wasn't really sure. Why didn't you come and tell me again? I thought you meant it for someone else. And so what happens is some, sometimes is that, you know, someone who engages 
in passive-aggressive behavior might appear to agree, and perhaps they're even being enthusiastic about it with that other person's request. But rather than complying with the request, you know, where he or she might express anger or resentment by failing to follow through or missing deadlines. And so what happens is there's this idea that, hey, I'm going to do that for you, and then I don't. And so the anger or the resentment is seen in the behaviors, not necessarily in the words. So when we look at signs of passive-aggressive behavior, what we often see is resentment, opposition to the demands of others, especially demands of people in positions of authority. Now, why would that be? Well, if you, if you struggle with passive-aggressive behavior, you also struggle with low self-esteem. And that means that you, you don't value yourself the way that you should, and you then project that onto others and think they don't value you as well. So what happens is we get resentful and oppositional because we think that maybe they're asking us to do something demeaning, demoralizing, or maybe it it's, um, should be beneath us. And so what happens is instead of just calling it out and saying something, what we do is we resist cooperating. Maybe we procrastinate. Maybe we make intentional mistakes in response to somebody else's demands. Maybe we get cynical or sullen or hostile in our attitude. Maybe we gossip a lot. Maybe we say to people, hey, I just really want you to know who that person really is. So frequent complaints about feeling underappreciated or cheated, okay, so that's what part of the, the deep issue is, is I'm not valued. So although passive-aggressive behavior can be, you know, a feature of some various mental illnesses and conditions, it isn't really considered a distinct mental illness. Now, passive-aggressive behavior can interfere with relationships tremendously and cause a lot of difficulties on the job. So I want you to think about if you struggle with passive-aggressive behavior or you think maybe a loved one does, these are times that you would want to go to a therapist, a life coach, a consultant, a pastor, someone that can help you understand, hey, what's going on inside of me that this seems like, I don't know, the best choice for me? So even though passive-aggressiveness is oftentimes considered a distinct mental illness, it really has various forms of this kind of behavior. And so we get really distinct idiosyncrasies. You know, there's developmental issues, there's attachment issues. But more often than not, it's most, in its most benign stage, it really is an issue of self-worth. See, self-esteem and fear of disapproval. And so this is where we want to think about, you know, what, what went on in my childhood maybe? And I'm not saying that, you know, you go to somebody's office and suck your thumb. What I'm saying is, you know, how was I parented? Were people allowed to, I don't know, disagree? Were they allowed to say what they thought? Were they allowed to say what they think? And were they still valued even if someone disagreed with their opinion? And so this is why it becomes an issue of self-esteem and and this huge fear of disapproval. That I'm going to go along as if I as if I agree, but inside of me, I'm screaming, I hate this, or that's stupid, or that's dumb. 
But instead of voicing my opinions and saying something like, you know, I'm sure that you thought this was a good idea. Parts of it sound like a good idea to me. I'm not sure I'm really in it. I don't know if I really want to go forward with it. Can we talk about it more? But what the passive-aggressive person might do is talk behind the person's back and try to tear down the idea. The passive-aggressive person will agree to it in front of your face, but disagree behind your back. And so I'm wanting to educate you first on recognizing passive-aggressive behavior and learning to resist the natural tendency to take it personally, and that passive-aggressive tendencies are quite subtle a lot of times. This is why they they are so crazy-making. So being able to identify and resist being overly affected by these behaviors, it's imperative that you are able to overlook unless you want to actually address it. So passive-aggressive person is rarely aware of their behavior or their intentions. And in many cases, it's, it has developed in their life as an actual coping skill. So they're not necessarily seeing this as negative. In fact, they might have turned it around inside of themselves and say, well, you know, I could say a lot worse things, but I don't. So I feel good about that. Or I'm just trying to help. I, I, you know, you say that you're, you love the truth, so I just thought I should tell you. This is really passive-aggressive stuff. So contending with this kind of very difficult behavior, you must really practice healthy boundaries so as to not be pulled into this crazy-making and unintentionally retaliating on them or allowing it to fester inside of you and, and then bringing it into every other reaction you have with people interaction, I'm sorry. And, and see, we've talked about this <clears throat> many times on this show about self-worth and about value, self-esteem, uniqueness, and your inherent value. So interacting with a passive-aggressive uh, individual will be an assault on your personal value. So it's imperative to practice boundaries so that you don't go against your own value system. So if I'm dealing with a passive-aggressive person and they say something to me, and I know it is absolutely a slight, I know it is. I know they're hitting below the belt, but maybe they're saying it with a smile on their face or maybe they're saying, I just thought you would want to know or, you know, I'm trying to have your back, like these types of things, right? So what is really important is that I practice a boundary so that I don't engage in that behavior with that person. And that I seek the truth. And I say to myself, you know, I'm a strong enough person to be able to look at that and see if that really is me or if that's just a slight from them. But I need to be able to look at that. I need to be able to objectively evaluate what that accusation or what that slight was. Because this way, I don't join into it. I join in with it. I don't just go along with it and then fester and then become in some kind of a bad mood, and then take it out on other people because of what I experienced with that person. So it's very important that you recognize how it affects you. I don't want you to, to, you know, try to talk yourself out of it and say, well, that's not really what they meant, and I'm probably too sensitive, and I shouldn't take it so personally. I think you want to believe your gut in this kind of a situation. 
you know when something doesn't feel right, doesn't smell right, doesn't look right. And even though it's hard to explain to anybody else how really nasty it was, you do know in your heart of hearts, you know in your mind that, hey, this was unwarranted. This wasn't very nice. And so I can either create a resentment toward that person or I can forgive them. And I can say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I really believe they don't know what they're doing. I think they are doing a coping skill. I think this is a really, really unhealthy coping skill. So this helps you not go against your own value system and fall into some similar behaviors like gossiping. So if you don't act inappropriately with the person that's passive aggressive, do you go to your, you know, your, your soulmate? Do you go to your friend? Do you go to your neighbor at work and say, you are not going to believe what she said? Or I can't believe he did that and gossip about it. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. This is our first segment. We have three more to go. So make sure that you stay tuned in. And we are talking about the truth about passive-aggressive behavior. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in today and also for telling your friends about the show. It's very encouraging to me. We really do want to be people that change the world positively. And so today we are talking about the truth of passive aggressiveness. And this is very common in a majority of societies, uh, uh, many, many factions practice passive aggressive behavior because it does feel good when we do it. That's, that's the problem. So we talked about what really passive aggressive behavior is. And so part of the signs of this is resentment, maybe opposition to demand of others, especially the demands of people that are in positions of authority. There's a tendency to, to resist cooperation. Procrastination is a big passive-aggressive behavior. Maybe even making intentional mistakes. The, this is a huge passive-aggressive behavior because it causes people to have to then go and undo and redo. And so this is where we also get people that are cynical or sullen or have hostile attitudes and frequent complaints about feeling unappreciated or cheated, these types of things. And so passive aggressiveness is a, is a very fixable condition, but it does take strength and it does take confidence and it does take maturity because it's not fun to learn how to not be passive aggressive. In fact, it's kind of scary because really saying what you mean and meaning what you say is a lot of responsibility. And so we always, remember, want to show up as a grown-up. So remember that individuals that struggle with this really usually don't understand it, and they're really not aware of it. And so it's a coping skill. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't actually give the individual that is practicing this coping skill what they need. It exacerbates passive aggressiveness, and it causes them 
to feel even less than who they are and more afraid when it comes to interacting. So the solution to dealing with passive-aggressive individuals is always about boundaries. Secondly, it's managing your own internal world. So what are you telling yourself about this person? How personally are you taking it? So be aware of how this behavior affects your heart. And it may poison your own goodness, your own tendency to be forgiving, to believe the best about people. And so you have to really say to yourself, I don't know if this person will ever change, but I'm not going to change being who I am to cope with that behavior. I'm going to still be who I am. And this is where, we, you know, we have this, this nice button that God gave me years ago called the ignore, delete button. So when I'm dealing with passive aggressive, you know, different individuals, and I know that I don't have the time to confront it, or it's just going to be a quagmire, right? Then I might just say to myself, you know, I'm going to ignore and delete it. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to even touch it. I'm not going to get involved in it. I'm not going to let it, you know, store up in my heart. And, and I'm going to make sure that I pray for that person as well. So I might say to myself, you know, God, I don't know what that was all about, but it was mean. It was mean and it was nasty and it was unnecessary. And God, I know that you saw it. And so I want to be as forgiving as you are. And then always remind yourself, forgiveness does not mean agreement. See, I can forgive all kinds of things. It doesn't mean that now it's okay. And that's a really important cognitive distinction. That just because I forgive someone does not mean I agree with what they've done. Because truthfully, if I had to forgive them, apparently they did something, right? So this is where we want to really use some strategies. And, and I like to research this. And so on, uh, there's a site called Mind Tools. And I really liked what they said they, about strategies for managing, you know, passive-aggressive people. And first and foremost, you want to identify the behavior. Because identifying the behavior means I can set a boundary. So this is me and that's them. So I'm not going to take on what they are doing and think it really fits me. I want to be a truth teller about myself. And so if I messed up, and even if I, if I messed up and they are acting aggressively or passively aggressively, well, okay, I can own that. But what I can say to them is, you know, I think you're probably more upset about it than what you're telling me. So I would love to hear it. I would love to clear the air. I know I didn't do my best. I know that this caused you some hardship. So I really do want to apologize for that. And make sure that from this point on, that we're back on the right page, that we're back on solid ground. And I'm going to expect that from myself, and I want to expect that from you. And so we identify whatever the behavior is. So when we're thinking about this, we say, you know, that was a passive-aggressive move. Or that was a passive-aggressive statement. Now, we also want to create a safe environment. So always remind yourself that a safe environment always has honesty. Always. The best way to be safe is to be honest. Now, we're not going to be brutally honest, but we're going to be honest. We're going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm worried that that person's going to be on the team. I've experienced them before. I'm sure they're really good at their job. I actually kind of like them. However, 
I've had some problems with passive-aggressive behavior. So I'm a little gun-shy about interacting with that person. Now, see, that's not gossip at all. And I can even say that to that person's face because it's true. It's not mean. It's just information. So I'm going to also use my language carefully. If I know I'm with someone that's passive-aggressive, I'm going to be very careful about my words because they most likely will repeat them to another person in order to gain some leverage, either against me or in the situation that they're in. So I'm going to be careful about how I talk with them. I'm not going to be sloppy in my relating style. I'm going to know that if I'm dealing with a passive-aggressive person, I got to button myself up. I have to be on my game because I'll either get pulled into being snotty, snitty, right, unforgiving, Uh, Maybe I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to fall into all kinds of behaviors that are super unhealthy and very immature. So I stay calm. I stay calm, which means I relax my body and I take a deep breath. Because remind yourself, sometimes we can't calm our mind down, but we can calm our body down. And then our body sends the signal to the mind that, hey, we can relax. This isn't dangerous. It's annoying. Annoying and frustrating. So we identify the cause and we say, hey, I know that I'm not in that at all. I, 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 didn't, I didn't do anything that would have created that or caused that. Or, you know, I know that I probably wasn't as kind as I should have been. Now most people would maybe have just gotten over it. But this person apparently snagged on what I just said and they can't overlook it. So I may need to just simply address it. And apologize for it and say, you know what, that wasn't my best. You know, I need you to forgive me for that. So we also make sure we have clear standards and consequences. And that is for others, but also for ourselves, that this is the standard that I have. So even if someone acts poorly, I don't give myself permission to fall into the fray, right? I'm going to say, I know that I need to act in a way that I will be proud of. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about passive-aggressive behavior. Well, thank you for joining me. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And we are kind of at the halfway point of the show. So if you're just tuning in, I want to make sure that you can go to the website. You can download it from the website. You can also go to any of your favorite podcast servers. And we today are talking about the truth regarding passive aggressiveness. So I'm sure that you've experienced passive aggressive people. Maybe you've been that and done that yourself. We all can fall, can kind of fall into that if we're not careful. And so many times uh, passive-aggressive behavior is considered a distinct mental illness, but it also can be and usually is just a behavioral issue. So it's a coping skill, and it's not a healthy coping skill, but it's one that we've picked up over the years that helps me still feel good about me, but kind of stick it to you. And so when we think about it, passive-aggressive tendencies, you know, they're, they're very subtle and very crazy-making as well. So being able to identify and resist being overly affected by these behaviors 
is imperative when we're dealing with a passive-aggressive person. And so we want to make sure that we are also aware of how we are acting. And if we get someone being passive-aggressive toward us, I might have to look at my own behavior and say, okay, it's not okay that they're passive-aggressive, but I wonder what I might have done that might have evoked that. Maybe, I, maybe I'll find out, maybe I won't. But it's always helpful to do some internal checking. So the passive-aggressive person rarely is aware of their behavior and their intentions. And so in many cases, it's developed in their life as a coping skill. And so, uh, you know, this is where we think about the, uh, one of the greatest examples of passive-aggressive behavior is you're in a group and everybody's needing to eat. And you say, oh, I'll go get lunch for everybody. And you go and you get everyone's lunch except one person. And you say to them, oh, my gosh, I didn't mean to do that. I, I would never, never have purposefully not brought you a lunch. And so this is where we want to think about that individuals that struggle with this are rarely aware of what they're doing. Now, this doesn't let them off the hook. It's a coping skill, though. And the coping skill evolved somehow for some reason. And what happens is the coping skill doesn't actually give the individual what they're needing. It actually exacerbates the passive aggressiveness tendencies. So the solution, boundaries, always boundaries. And we need to also manage our own internal world and what you're telling yourself about that person. See, how personally are you taking it? Because if you don't resolve it, you're going to take it with you and it may come out sideways in your next interaction with someone that has nothing to do with what happened. And we have to be careful that this person's behavior doesn't affect our heart in a way that it poisons the goodness that we have inside of us. And so we have to be careful how we're thinking. How much am I thinking about this person? How much am I defending myself inside of myself against this person? Am I gossiping about this person? So many things that we do when it comes to managing passive aggressiveness, we identify the behavior. So if I know that I'm going to deal with a passive aggressive person, one of the things that helps them a lot is if I'm just kind. I'm very direct and I'm kind. And I'm also not going to be affected by whatever they're doing. And so we also want to create a safe environment for ourselves internally and for those around us. So we might want to role model effective coping skills. We use our language carefully. We stay calm. So I make sure that if I'm ramping up inside, that I remind myself if I just breathe in, I can't talk. That's one of my favorite ones God told me. If you just breathe in, you can't talk. And it gives oxygen to my brain and gives me a moment to pause and think about how do I want to deal with this? How do I want it to end? How do I want to come out of this? And so even if we can't identify the cause, you can say to yourself, I don't know why this person did this particular behavior at this particular time. But anyone that does that is struggling dramatically because it's not effective. So all it's doing for this person is making them feel better in the moment, but it doesn't last. 
So when someone has a hard time putting frustration and anger and annoyance or dissatisfaction into words, they many times resort to passive-aggressive behaviors. This is an indirect way of expressing negative emotions through actions. And generally, if that's the case, they were probably raised in a family where they were not allowed to express their feelings. Or they were always wrong. Any idea that they had was stupid. So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad you joined me. I have one more segment, and I really appreciate you listening and taking advantage of what we have on the website. Talk to you in a few minutes. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host for Conversations with Cynthia. I really appreciate you tuning in, and I also appreciate you sharing the show with your friends and really taking into, you know, just taking seriously some of the concepts that we talk about on this show as a way to really be the best version of you, and and that really affects the world around you. I, I, I say to clients frequently, you know, imagine a world where everyone managed themselves. Wow, what would that be like? Amazing. So let's talk about this idea more, more concretely about passive-aggressive behavior and learning what that really is. And people that struggle with this, they have to learn to express feelings in a more productive way. And that's an essential step toward building and cultivating healthy, lasting relationships, and especially romantic relationships. Because passive-aggressive behavior means that I know you did something or said something that was cutting or painful or shaming to me, but if I try to confront you on it, I think it's going to be a bigger quagmire. So I guess I'll just ignore it, which gives the the passive-aggressive, you know, person this feeling that, hey, it works. So I'm not saying mean things to people per se. But I'm able to get my anger out in a way that nobody's calling me out on. And so one of the first things that we see in passive-aggressive behavior is stonewalling. And stonewalling, this happens when someone stops communication altogether. Now, I'm sure that you have had someone ghost you before, right? And so you know what that feels like. It's a very abandoning feeling. It's like I'm just hanging out here all by myself wondering what, what happened. What happened? And so what this is, it's also a leading predictor of divorce. So I really need you to hear that. The the stonewalling, the just not saying something, just going on and doing my day, doing my life, not addressing what happens in our relationship. This is a really difficult thing to heal from. And it usually ends in the ending of a relationship. And the person that has, has experienced that passive aggressiveness just moves on. They're, they're, they're done trying to figure out what, what's going on and why it's happening. So stonewalling happens, you know, when we just don't communicate. This is, you know, we, in our day and age now, we call it ghosting. And you know what that feels like. It's like, couldn't they at least, I don't know, give me a heads up or call me and say, You know, it's not working for me. Uh, I don't want to work with you any longer or I don't want to date you, whatever that might be. And so what happens, they they did a review and they found that when one partner 
emotionally shuts down or withdraws in response to someone else, to the other partner, that dynamic can actually cause physical and emotional damage. And it's also associated with anxiety. Lower relationship satisfaction, less intimacy, poor communication. See, associated with anxiety, that's because we're mammals. And humans, like all mammals, like to communicate with one another, like to feel like they're safe in their group or that they're seen or heard or understood. So when you have someone that just stonewalls you, just like doesn't even address it, pretends like it never happened, it's crazy making. You get the silent treatment, right? If you're trying to interact with them, they're acting busy or distracted, trying to avoid the conversation. They might give you a little, you know, okay, yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and then not even give you eye contact. And so they also practice sarcastic comments, which is a way to get out anger. So passive-aggressive behavior is these sarcastic remarks. Like we refer to them, most sarcasm as veiled hostility, Veiled hostility, given, and it's often antagonizing, very antagonizing. But it's one of those statements that if you try to confront, it it just becomes a sinkhole. It's like it's impossible to convince the person because they keep wrapping it around with more excuses and end up trying to make you look like you're the one that has the problem. So this is really important when when we are looking at this type of behavior. I want you to think about this one, and you've probably experienced this as well. This is pretending to agree. So when someone, you know, verbally agrees with an idea that actually bothers them, and then they later break the agreement for their own needs, that's a form of passive aggressiveness. And this is when, you know, the coworker kind of proposes a change to a project, and you say it's fine when it really isn't. And then sulk about later, that's passive aggression. And if someone says, what's wrong? And you say, nothing, nothing. No, I'm fine. So this is what I want you to be thinking about. This idea of sarcasm. Now, there is sarcasm that is funny. And we all know that it's funny because it gives us an uplifting feeling. But when we are having passive aggressive sarcasm, that just leaves the person with a bad taste in their mouth or leaves the person feeling gutted but they can't actually address it because the passive aggressive person says, why are you being so sensitive? I didn't mean it. What's the big deal? Right? So how about this deflection? Well, deflection is, is a way to deflect blame rather than take responsibility for a person's own mistakes. And it's also a form of passive aggressiveness. So you might make an offhand comment about your partner's, frequent lateness, right? And they respond by saying something like, well, if you didn't leave the house such a mess, I'd be able to get out of the door on time. So instead of simply saying, you're right, I'm late, right? You're going to make an excuse that will also encourage more arguing. And so this idea of, wow, I'm now going to be the victim. And when you've had people do this to you, where you start to confront them, and it's, a, it's an actual concrete confrontation that should happen. And the person starts to say, you just really hate me, don't you? You don't even like me. I knew that. I, I, I tried to be the best person I could be, but you, I'm just never good enough for you. And so instead of talking about what actually was happening, 
it gets turned into, I now have to manage your self-esteem and your self-worth. So I just won't confront you in the future. I'll just fix that. I guess I just won't confront you because it's too complicated. And I never win. I never heard. I never get the response from you that says you care. So I'm going to just let it be. And I will resist confronting. I'll ignore it. So how about this? How about the silent sabotage? That means actively working behind the scenes to destroy a person's project or their relationship or their reputation. This is a really insidious form of passive aggressive behavior. And it's very dangerous. And when it comes to socialization and in your little social network, it's quite dangerous because it can be very, very convincing. So this might, you know, they might do this in a really stealthy way to avoid appearing responsible, like spreading gossip or rumors. So the behavior itself stems from a very deep sense of insecurity, like I'm not important. So if I can bring off this gossip and get a lot of attention and everybody wants to come to me to hear what's going on, then I can feel good about myself as I'm tearing other people down. How about this one, intentionally failing to follow through? Well, this is another great example of I don't know how to say the word no. So I just won't do it. But I don't want to tell you that. I don't have the courage to say I, I, I don't want to do it. So what will I do? I just fail at it. So you end up having to come in and actually do it anyways. Passive-aggressive behavior many times can be making excuses. Now, that is when they're excusing bad behavior. See, if I'm giving an excuse that says, hey, I'm not excusing this. I, I am sorry that I am late. I know that's throwing off your day. And can I just tell you what happened so that you can know it wasn't purposeful on my part? See, that's a different process than making an excuse for sabotaging something. So when we are trying to handle passive-aggressive behavior, it's very difficult and it's very subtle in many ways. And so I want you to first and foremost know, don't engage. See, sometimes the best way to respond is to ignore the behavior. And that's where I've talked on this show before where God gave me this great idea that in the back of my head I have what I call the ignore-delete button. And I just kind of move my head And that reminds me to ignore and delete whatever I saw, whatever I heard, whatever they said, because it's not worth my time. And if I'm not trying to be in an intimate relationship with the person, I don't need to necessarily figure it all out and work it out with them. So I can just ignore it and delete it, not take it personally and realize it's about that other person. And I can still enjoy my day. So how about this point? You you might want to point out inconsistencies in their behavior. Now, this is only if you're wanting to be relational. See, when someone says one thing and does another, trying to share your observation in a non-judgmental way just to get some clarity. And so you can do that if you do the one you I feel statement. Or how about this? Like you said, you said you agreed with me. Then I noticed you sent a memo going against what I was trying to achieve. Can you help me understand that? And this is more important than trying to call out just the behavior because that way it makes it so that it's not so clandestine because passive-aggressive behavior is always under the radar. 
So when you call them out calmly and respectfully, what you're wanting to do is share what you observed and explain how it affects you and what you'd prefer for them to do instead. They may not take it, but what happens is it starts to expose who they truly are without getting in an argument or without having to do a verbal, you know, war with one another. Because then we end up having sides are being picked, especially in communities. So this is what we want to do. We want to avoid being passive-aggressive ourselves. So if you are a passive-aggressive communicator, and we've all done it to one degree or another, it's important to slow down and observe yourself. Just say to yourself, I know what I want to do. I know what I feel compelled to do. But is, am I going to like that person? So I can do whatever I want to do. But am I going to like who I am? I have to live with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? For the rest of eternity. So I want you to be aware of what are the consequences that that's going to happen if I, if I indulge in this. And before I get defensive, I want to be curious. So when I feel that defensiveness come up, I say to myself, hey, can you just explain this to me a little bit more? I'm interested in how you got to that position. Also, I experiment and practice assertive communication. So what happens is passive-aggressive behavior stems from a fear of confrontation or rejection, low self-esteem, poor coping skills. And it's highly damaging to relationships, but it is possible to learn more assertive communication strategies. And the best one that I've ever learned is the when you, I feel. So when you go against what I asked you to do, I feel defensive or I feel wounded. I feel disrespected. So passive-aggressive communicators, if they want to be helped, it's important to find time and space and re consider requests and process their emotional issues. And I would really recommend if you struggle with passive aggressiveness that you get a life coach, you get a therapist, you get a, a pastor, someone that can help you understand, wow, I am doing that in a way that you don't have to defend yourself, that you can say, hey, this is a coping skill. And for whatever reason, I developed it. And see, coping skills don't show up unless we need something. So the problem with passive aggressiveness is it doesn't really give us what we need. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. And I'm super excited. My book, uh, Wars to Peace, When Relationships Go Nuclear, is coming out in the next couple weeks. Love for you to get a copy of it. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. 
If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.